get out there and just like video hitting the record button, start using generative AI. It will uh, have an impact in what you do day in and day out, um, but don't be afraid. Just jump on in and amplify your superpower. Figure out what you're really, really good at and then how you can augment with AI. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. So glad you're here. We're gonna be talking about using images and video in the workplace as we always do, but today it's a special topic because we're talking about AI. It is a hot topic. You either are so excited about it or you are scared of it or someplace in between, but we're gonna be talking about how we can use it to really enhance and leverage it to make you know videos faster, quicker. Not necessarily how to actually have AI build the videos, but all the different pieces that it can do to help us. Now, I know about little a little bit about AI, right? But I've got a guest today that is going to help us to understand this a little bit better. Josh Cavalier is an experienced and passionate learning and development professional with over 25 years of experience in the field. He's an expert in creating instructional videos and is dedicated to sharing his extensive knowledge with others. He has a proven track record of delivering successful workshops for some of the world's leading companies, including Microsoft, Lockheed Martin, Merritt, Lowe's, and Pfizer. He's also a regular speaker at industry conferences and is well-respected. Josh's experience, expertise, and passion make him a valuable resource for anyone looking to improve their skills and knowledge in the field of instructional design and video creation and has become my go-to person to talk to you about AI and how I can be using it better and more, I guess, smarter, if you will. So please help me welcome back to the Visual Lounge, Josh Cavalier. Hey, Josh. That was an awesome intro. I appreciate it. Well, you bet. You look, Josh, you've been on the show. We're excited to talk to you. I want to get to the AI stuff, but we, it's been a while since we've had you on solo. So how are you currently in your workplace and your work that you do using video? Yeah, so uh, as far as, you know, video, the way that video shows up, it's really about knowledge transfer and behavior change. And that is, that's various topics. So it goes all aspects of the learning journey from building awareness uh, around, you know, important topics to then going into knowledge transfer and then even performance support. So video is used throughout that whole entire experience. Yeah. Awesome. So if, if you look at like, you know, and I obviously there's a lot of reasons you could be using video, a lot of purposes, but kind of generally, how do you know if your video is successful? Like what what kind of indicators are you looking for from a video? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple different. I mean, you can go straight to the analytics, which is going to give you the information as far as view count and things like that. But we all know that it comes down to are you moving the needle in regards to what your objectives were with the video in the first place? Uh, especially from a learning standpoint. So after consumption, do you see behavior change? Do you see any changes in regards to performance out there in the field? Um, and again, that analytics comes back into play uh, even with that. And then you can just go to the viewers themselves and say, hey, what did you think about that um, series of videos on, you know, pick a topic uh, and get feedback that way. So yeah, there's multiple ways that you can go and check whether something was successful or not. Yeah, I, I love that. Make sure it's doing the thing you wanted it to actually do, right? Right. Like, follow up on that. Did it achieve, help us achieve the thing? And it's probably not what the video did itself. It's what the people who consumed the content were able to do. So exactly. All right. Last last one before we'll then we'll dive into to AI properly here is 
you know, we always like to ask people for a tip, Josh, you, you are a master. You've done so many videos. Uh, it's always great to talk with you. What's, what's an, I know you've got lots of tips, but what's one maybe that you don't share often or think is like, oh, maybe people know that. And so you don't, you don't get to, you know, in terms of using video or maybe creating video, what's something that you would like to share? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I'm going to go back to it. You always got to go ahead and make your first video or just hit the record button. And I think even to this day, there are many content creators that are out there that may be apprehensive about making their first video. With the topic that we're talking about today, it is going to be even easier to create that first video, even if you're not on camera. You know, that headless uh, video creation is extremely popular. And I think there, there are some benefits to starting off in that direction or using other tools to help make a really good, impactful video without yourself on camera. Maybe you kind of work your way on camera after a little bit, after you get comfortable. Uh, but again, I think it's just starting, just get going with the whole entire process. Uh, yeah, I love that. Big fan of making that first video. Now, I, I, I've i made my first video. I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest, Josh. I've made my first video many, many, many times. Like, it's like, sometimes I just get back to it. Like, okay, this is like my first video. So uh, great advice. Now, let's, I want to start really high level here because AI is a huge topic. There, you know, obviously there's lots of things in the news about AI. There's lots of different places we can talk about. Like you can go to do AI things. But let's, in, in terms of making video create, like video creation, and I'm not even saying like making the video, right? Like not, it's not generating the video, but like all right. of the steps along the video. What are, what are some of the things you find that AI is good at helping to maybe speed up the process or make the process easier? Uh, what, what pieces and steps of video creation are you looking at? There's a lot there. So, I mean, we might as well go ahead and start from idea generation. And I have been using ChatGPT for helping me like be a partner in the creation process to where I have an idea as far as a script and how it's going to show up. I'll go in, key in a few prompts, get a script back, look at it, make a few more prompts, a few more adjustments. And then once I have a script there that's maybe 80 or 90%, go in, sweep it, make those text changes, and then, you know, have at it, throw it into production. And so that's only just one aspect though, because I have, I've gone in and created animations. And if you pop up on my YouTube uh, channel, you can actually see some of those animations to where that script then goes into an AI audio tool and we generate the audio. And then that audio then goes into a tool like Adobe Character Animator to quickly uh, rig or animate the character. And then it's done. A process that used to take me a day may take 20 minutes now, which is, um, it's fascinating to see that kind of progress. That's, I mean, okay, so we've got scripts, we've got this audio generation, we've got, uh, I'm assuming uh, like the animations are actually, AI is helping to build the animation so it's uh, probably fast. Anything else that you're using AI for or that, that I guess the audience could be start thinking about using AI to help them in this process as they think about the end mm -hmm. video? Yeah, so like in the storyboarding process, I have been using Midjourney to make thumbnails uh, as far as um, like shot, the way that the shot is in regards to the camera, whether it's eye level or bird's eye view or whatever angle it is. Um, and just to get in just uploading existing um, location shots 
mm-hmm. into mid-journey to then go in and make a variation of that and put then put those outputs into the storyboard. Uh, that seems to be like, you know, the most I've been doing with it. But some of the other tools that I've been seeing there are just really fascinating. And there's a lot because there's different aspects of video production and AI is touching all of those. One of, you know, the more popular ones that I'm seeing are edits and it's very specific edits. Like what we're doing right now is a podcast. You're switching back before between me speaking and then you speak and the camera goes back and forth. And I don't know if you're doing that manually or if it's automated. But eventually an edit needs to occur with a multicam shot. And there are amazing products on the marketplace now that are all AI driven that analyze the footage, make the cuts automatically. And then those cuts are, you can import them into your favorite editing tool. And that is fascinating to watch. What would take somebody a half day takes 10 minutes to do. Oh, wow. So, but so I, I, I love this that way. We can, and it's like augmenting our capability, right. To, to yeah. do these things. I mean, one that we all know from kind of a writing standpoint, one of the worst things you can get stuck with is a blank page. It's hard to overcome. Right. Same with, same with, I would imagine, you know, like even storyboards, it's like, oh gosh, this is, it feels like a lot of work. It's a heavy lift. Um, you know, what I, what I'm curious about though, Josh, is that I think People, some people have not experienced, say, you, I know you mentioned chat GPT. Well, so we'll use that as an right. example because it is per, fairly easy to get into. It's f- fairly popular. I think some people have experienced, they've gone in there though, for those that have used it and they, they've just seen kind of these weird mixed results. Um, yeah. And, and so I'm curious that like, if, if let's say we're going to, let's take the scripting example, cause I think it's very practical. I think it could help anybody. How, how do I make sure I'm going to get good results? Because I mean, I feel like in my experience, I've, I've had a couple of things. It's like, well, that was really impressive. And I've had some that's like hot garbage came out and I don't know if it was what I did or if it's chat GPT, like right. help us, help us figure that process out a little bit. Yeah. You know, one tip just to give everyone out there, um, some guidance and around using generative AI out of the gates, uh, if you're brand new to it, is you you really need to understand what's happening under the hood. And I'm not talking about learning the math formulas or how a transformer works or in regards to images, diffusion algorithms. But you you really need to understand how your input is going to influence the output of the AI. And how does that show up? For instance, with large language models, a new user going in there may have the impression that ChatGPT or BARD or one of these other large language models is grabbing a block of text and doing something with it and then kicking it back when that's not the case at all. It's a probability engine. And the words that you put into the prompt will return, based upon probability, a series or string of text. So if you enter the proper words in, odds are you're going to get some good content back. And of course, the version of ChatGPT that you use and or whatever large language model is also going to have an influence there in regards to things like hallucinations, whether it's just making things up (laughs) or, um, you know, if you and let's take, for instance, a video script and I want a character to be in a certain voice. So if I start using descriptive terms like witty, funny, sarcastic, terms like that, 
odds are the dialogue that's going to come back will be in that range, especially with GPT-4. Now, one of the things you can do that many chat GPT users don't know is because OpenAI has ingested the corpus of Twitter into its large language model, you can reference an at name from Twitter, someone who you follow or somebody's voice on Twitter, and that script or that person's voice will be replicated based upon that personality on Twitter, which is fascinating and fun to play with. But again, the idea is that I'm very specific about what I'm looking for in regards to the output. And I'm consistent in the way that I describe it within my prompt. That's going to go ahead and put some guardrails up and give you better returns in regards to storyboarding, to voice, to action sequences, or whatever you're trying to put together in regards to the script. Um, you'll see that having a, uh, you know, these strategies around prompts, they pay huge dividends and they save you plenty of time and get you to a point where you can become where you can actually begin iterating and going through a prompt sequence to add refinement to what you really created. And the, and the key is that initial prompt. If you can get a really good initial prompt and get 60 to 70% there, you know that you are getting back a range of words for probability that you then can continue to modify. We're putting things into focus at that point. So I have focus with chat GPT, I'm getting somewhat of a good result, but those range of words, I can continue to con uh, continue to mold with additional prompts to eventually get to where I need to be 80 or 90%. Okay. I am, I'm super fascinated because I've been using chat GPT wrong, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. So, so if I'm, if I'm this user, let's say I've got a script and it's, it's nothing yeah. proprietary. Cause I think that probably sure. introduces a whole another set of things. Like I've got all these terms that it probably doesn't know or doesn't know what I'm talking about. But let's say yeah. we're going to be talking about a writing a script about how to make a video uh, tutorial, something that I think we, you and I yeah. can talk about a lot. Um, when you start, you've got, so you're going to get pretty, it sounds like you're going to get pretty specific, kind of like I want it to be lighthearted or I want it to be funny or whatever. You know, you're going to sure. give that, that, that voice some definition. Are you usually saying like, to get it started, or do you want it to like go gangbusters and try to write the whole thing from that first prompt? Or do you want it to kind of take it in chunks? What's, what's, is there a best way? Maybe it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. Okay. Uh, I think really trying to make sure that you have, you're on the right track. Well, it depends upon how long of a script you want, because depending upon the model that you use, whether it be three, five or four, there is a token limit and a token is 0.75 words. And so, you know, once you start running the numbers and you realize, hey, I'm only, a, I only have four, you know, 3,700 or 3,800 words that I can actually get uh, within this conversation or within an output from ChatGPT. Now, GPT-4 uh, goes up to 32,000 tokens and that you can get longer responses. But again, I, I think it's a matter of finding that prompt that is going to give you, whether it's a short script or a portion of a script, because once you lock that in, Matt, from there, you're golden because you can continue the conversation or just type in the word continue in the prompt and it will maintain the same voice and start generating 
uh, the additional part of the script. Okay. So, uh, so I love this. And I, I'm assuming when you're starting to put in prompts, you got you and you kind of figure out that voice. I mean, how much of your of scripting are you actually asking it to do? Are you, are, are you having it format it in the script? Are you asking it to actually go through it? Or like, I, I guess, yeah, give, give me some ideas. Cause I, I can imagine Good. someone's coming through here and saying, well, Josh, I don't necessarily want to hand over all the script making because maybe it doesn't know the process. Maybe it doesn't understand this or that, or maybe I'm just worried about that. Um, or I could see on the other hand is like, I don't have to do that work. If it can give me step-by-step step how to get me through this tutorial video, cool. Like that saves me time. I can focus on the other things that maybe are more important. Yeah. So it, it's really fascinating because when you have a large language model that has 175 billion parameters, there, there are word associations within that model. And so when we go in and we build our first prompt, if you are defining the structure of the script, let's take an educational video. So, you know, we have hook, we have prime, we have content, then we have reflection, and then we have call to action. That's a basic structure for most videos. Actually, for YouTube, that's a, that's a very popular one. In our first prompt, if we go in and ask it to create a script, we can then define that structure. We could say hook is eight seconds that will be exciting, that gets the viewer's attention. And then prime is go and read the content and provide a summary as far as what's going to be covered. And then you actually have the content structure and then you have the reflection and so on. If you define that in the first prompt, especially in GPT-4, based upon the words that you use to, to describe that format, odds are you are going to get back a pretty good script as opposed to going in and not defining that. You are then widening the probability engine and the types of words that are coming back. So it's and so there's a difference between what I call a free form prompt, which is just typing in a few sentences with, you know, definitions of what you're looking for versus a structured prompt that is uh, much more strategic in regards to the type of output that you're getting back. And nowadays, well, you know what, it's typically a balance. It depends upon what I'm trying to do. Sometimes I'll mess around with some free form to see if I'm in the right range in regards to the output types. And if I know I'm in the range, then I'll create a structured prompt. Uh, based upon some of the findings that I have to get, a, again, putting guardrails on it, a more detailed output. So what what I'm hearing, and I, I think this is the interesting piece, is that while you can play, you can kind of put in whatever, uh, but it is truly kind of the, the old motto of garbage in, garbage out, right? Like if I just put some stuff in, the likelihood that it's going to nail what I want is probably pretty low. But if I structure, put, take some time to think about what it is, how, what I need. I'm still doing some design work here. Correct. The likelihood and the model. I mean, chat GPT three or 3.5 versus four is going to get, probably give me some different outcomes. You know, sounds like it's, uh, but it's still, there's some, this human work that has to be done that until I guess I could ask chat GPT to give me the prompts, but that <laughs> maybe not, it's going to work. Right. Oh, sure. You can do that too. You know, if you take, man, if you take, for instance, the, the, one of the popular, starting phrases of chat GPT and just in the range of script writing is act as a fill in the blank comedy writer, uh, a movie producer. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm an art director, whatever role that you want. 
So you got to think for a moment, well, why, why am I doing that? Why am I saying act like a movie producer or act like a comedy writer? Well, if we, if we take those two words, comedy writer, and they're ingested into the transformer, ChatGPT is going in and again, it, it's corpus of text, 175 billion parameters saying, okay, comedy and writer, what are all of the words or probability of words sequences that are going to come up related to both of those words? And that's it. You're, you're now like tuning chat GPT to give you back jokes or things that have occurred in other types of script or probabilities of those adjacent words to come back. And so that little bit of tuning right there act as a uh, is extremely helpful because again, you are giving uh, the model guidance in regards to the outputs. Yeah. Well, wow. That, I mean, that, that alone is great advice, right? So you can start honing in on your scripts. Now, Josh, we've talked a lot about scripts and it's obviously an aspect, <laughs> right? There's so, you know, and I think in my experience, I have, I, I will be honest, I played with chat GPT. I played with, is it doll E? I think is, is how you yeah. say it. Right? I, a, a little bit. It's been a while since I've gone in. There's probably changed a lot since uh, it's been a few months. But like, obviously there's so many other things you can do in different, these different uh, kind of engines, if you will. You know, you talked about using storyboards. Tell me, tell me a little bit, like if I'm new to this, how do I even know where to, what, what should I be looking at? There's chat GPT seems like an obvious one. What else yeah. is there? You know, I don't, I don't think it's as much as looking at the tools, Matt, than as looking, looking at yourself and what you're good at. Like, what is your craft and what do you create day in and day out? What is your, what are your workflows? I think you need to, here's the thing. There are so many tools on the marketplace right now. I know there's over like 1200 creation tools that just happened to crop up in the last four months, which for anyone including myself, it's extremely difficult to read what's happening in the marketplace, what tools to try. I don't have enough time to do that. But I, what, what I do know is I have been in and around educational video my whole career. I do know a little bit about it. And I know how it should show up. And when I talk to individuals that are trying to figure out AI for the first time, I always mention like, you have to look inside yourself and what is your superpower? Like, what are you really, really good at? So when you look at a creation that you're good at, you know whether it is going to work or not for that audience. Start there. Whether you are an instructional designer creating storyboards or multiple choice questions or a learning needs analysis, or you're a video producer and you're producing commercials or movies, anything like that. What are you really good at? And then what is your work? What are, what are your workflows? Like, how do you get started? What's the creative process? Um, what's the feedback process? Take a look at that and then start with AI, right? So I'm going to go ahead and start injecting chat GPT into my workflow at this point. Maybe I need learning objectives. Maybe I need evidence-based learning objectives. And then from those learning objectives, maybe I can go in and create an initial script or a rough draft, or maybe an e-learning storyboard based upon the identified need for the audience. And that's how you start. That's just text. 
you know, what about, of course, we're talking about video. Same thing with video. Well, I know that I'm a producer and I'm going to be doing this podcast and we have two cameras and I'm going to go back and forth during the shoot and I need to do an edit. Well, what AI tools are out there that can help with that edit? There's many, <laughs> you know, there's, there are many tools that can go ahead and do an automatic edit now uh, within your favorite editing, you know, video editing tools. And to me, I think that is the most approachable way of getting into AI is how can it multiply what I do? How can it enhance what I really, really know and get good at? And if, you're, if you are just starting out in your career and maybe you're not good at video or you're not good at writing scripts, maybe go to a tool like ChatGPT and ask it, what do I need to do to be proficient in these areas? And maybe you can help me out and have a dialogue with ChatGPT <laughs> as far as like giving you, you know, Socratic gui guidance on um, what to do. And it's probably going to ask you questions about what are you interested in and, you know, what aspects of video creation do you want? And you can go off in that direction. So, yeah, it's it's already internalized. You already have what you need to do in, in your inside it, and then use that as a as a compass as far as the types of AI that you um, get involved with. Well, I, th I think it's interesting. One of the things that this conversation is kind of leading in my mind is that we're, we're talking about generative a AI, right? Like the chat GPTs, it's creating kind of something from nothing um, or the prompts that we're giving it. But one of the things that I, I, I want people to be aware of out there that are listening to the podcast is that there's also AI that's not necessarily the generative that's, you know, there's this weird world that's, you know, some people call AI, some people call it machine learning, things that are happening in the background. And, you know, recently at TechSmith, Josh, you might be interested in this, had a conversation with some of our developers and said, hey, well, how are, what is the story for Camtasia? What is the story for Snagit and Audi? And it's like, you know, it's not maybe that at the point of gener generative AI, but it, it's interesting that AI is kind of being infused into all these things, like you said, from a workflow perspective. So it's not, you know, I think there's some hesitation, like, oh, well, AI, is it going to take my job? Is it not going to take my job? Well, AI is already making tasks simpler, right? Like the, right. anyone listening to this that has downloaded or tried Camtasia 2023, it's got a new feature. It's in beta, the background removal. It's using machine learning to, to start to do that. And I think, right. so I think there's this kind of this cool thing to think about is that like, because so many people are nervous or worried or, you know, I've heard how many times I've heard, uh, uh, you know, I'm personally, I'm excited about our new chat GPT overlords who are going to, you know, come and take over whatever. But I think it's this interesting place that you're saying is like, figure out what works for you. What do you know? Where can you go? Um, but I do want to address this a little bit, Josh, because I think, how can we not? It's early days. How, how you know, there's, you know, there's people with, that have ethical concerns or questions about, you know, what's uh, chat GPT or AI in general going to do? Right. What are the worries about like, am I going to, you know, is it going to replace the things that I, I do? Because if, you know, if I'm not particularly, um, maybe, you know, my skill set is a such that I'm doing a lot of kind of things that AI will be able to be good at, what what do I do then? And so I guess, how would you address that for anyone who's maybe got the concerns or a little bit nervous about where this is all headed? Yeah, I have a couple thoughts on that. Uh, one, just in regards to content creation, it it's going to get compressed for sure. Now, how it shows up, yeah, I don't know. Because there's that aspect of creativity, of human creativity, that is critical in everything that we do. And 
do we get to a point where the AI is creative enough to outcreate us? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not concerned of that at this point. But what I am concerned about is that you have um, a lot of individuals who create content and they're really good at one certain aspect of that. And then AI may come in and completely automate that part. But on the flip side, because you got to look at every con, there's a pro. So on the flip side is I think of individuals who, you know, in the space of L&D, they're really good at instructional design. And throughout the years, they were forced to generate e-learning content. They were forced to generate videos just because of that's the way that the job evolved. They now were from an instructional designer. Now they're a learning experience designer. And they had all of these things thrust upon them as far as requirements of their job. And maybe they weren't just all excited about it, or it was difficult for them to learn that craft and that wasn't in their flywheel. Well, guess what? Now they're going to be empowered. Think about all of the great ideas that people have about how learning shows up with, with video or with, um, you know, any kind of interact, interactivity, e-learning. Now, if there's an automation part to it, we have so many creative people that just, they didn't have those skills but now they can execute, they can put together a whole entire learning journey and see how it works in their workplace or wherever. And there's more orchestration that happens as opposed to, you know, the production. And sometimes that production work, man, it's a grind. Like, oh, I got to knock out 60 videos for this course on, you know, compliance. Like, woohoo. I mean, like, that I am not excited about that, but I'm excited if AI can go ahead and knock it out in five days and it reduces my time by 80%. Let's do that. And, and I think that's where it's going to show up. I think, in, you know, we have to keep in mind that this is not a panacea, that it's not going to be perfect. And somebody has to police the police. If the AI is automatically creating the content, are we just going to say it's perfect out of the gate? I don't think so. Um, because I still have to reboot my computer and the driver on my webcam will go out and I got to re, you know, there are still issues and same thing is going to happen with AI. So even if content creation gets compressed, we still have to have individuals that need to go ahead and orchestrate and put together performance support plans and making sure and they understand how the business is functioning, what the deficiencies are and where we need improvement either through knowledge, skills, or behavior. And then on the back end, are we moving the needle? Like, what are the analytics? Are we able to go in and with this media that we produce, even if it's a whole bunch of videos, what happened to them? Uh, do we need to make adjustments? Do we need to tweak and modify our prompts or the AI generation so that the next round that goes out to frontline sales, wherever the audience is, it's gonna hit the mark. We still need to have individuals who understand learning and, and understand their craft to orchestrate all of this AI generation that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I was thinking of, as you said, please to police, I was playing with chat GPT this morning and I was, you know, going through some stuff and I, I got it to a point where I felt it was doing a pretty good job, but then I needed a word and I needed a specific word because I was, you know, I was working on some stuff for an event we got coming up called Level Up. And I asked it for, give me some words that start with the letter M, because I was doing like an alliteration thing, uh, that, yeah, that mean this. 
And it gave me, it's like, okay, I'll give you 10 things that start with an M. One of them was an, started with an N. And I'm like, hey, why'd you give me a letter, a word that start with an N? It's like, yeah. oh, it apologizes. And it's like, I'll give you a new list. And then it gave me a list that had uh, two words that did not start with M. I mean, so right. it, like, I think that's a, such a fair point, right? Like we've got to be looking at, is it really, there's still false positives. There's still things coming back of saying like, oh, it's this when you, you, you've got to police it. So I think that's a, a, a fair point. Um, and I, I think you're right. Like it's it the the potential here to free us up, right? To do the things that we're really good at, or to, to do new things. Whether it's learning, or if you're a marketer, you know, like you still got this thing. There's work that we have to look at and say, like, yep, this is. There's things that we still are going to do now. Will that you know? Who knows what will happen in the future? I, I can't predict the future. I, you know, it feels right. we're very early days, and it's exciting. Uh, it, and of course it's scary, right? It's scary to turn things over. It's scary to like, but that's true of anything. When I Correct. change jobs, it's like, oh, I got to let that thing go that I owned. I got to let it go. Uh, so that's, that's difficult. Right. No, I can tell you, I can tell you real quick yeah. that um, this came up on LinkedIn and somebody pointed out, I had a comment like six years ago about how AI was going to show up with video. And I can tell you, it's not, anywhere near where I thought it was going to be. And the way I thought it was going to show up was, you know, we have these massive repositories of video and I thought AI was going to go in and analyze every single frame, write metadata about the context and what's in those frames. And then based upon the needs of the viewer, reconstitute clips automatically with background music and sound effects and all that to make a completely unique video-based experience for whatever performance or entertainment or anything like that. I thought that's like how it was going to work. I didn't realize, you know, it was going to be like um, mid-journey and auto-generated and Kaber and some of these other tools that are like doing six-second clips that are completely, um, you know, auto-generated. I really thought it was all going to be human-based creation and then AI was going to assist us with creating experiences around human created video as opposed to auto generated video. And so I'm, I'm still like, I still believe that there's going to be plenty, plenty of room for the orchestration of human created video that then gets amplified or extended out there in all kinds of different ways through AI. I think there's a lot of runway with that. And I don't know how exactly that shows up. But I, I just thought it was going to be different. It still may be out there. And I think one of the other um, things that may hamper or just kind of like slow things down is just computing power mm-hmm. for video. And when you do that at scale, it is not cheap. And so uh, it's going to be a long time and a, and a huge build out of computing power to have AI video at scale. And I think that's, I mean, well, you think about it. Let's go back to social media. Twitter, right? It was limited in number of characters. And so here we are again with AI and it's like, oh, GPT-4, you can only have 25 prompts every three hours, right? It, it's a, there's a scaling issue that's at play. And, we, and when we talk about advanced forms of media, it is going to take a long time to uh, have that work to where 
probably much of the ad is going to show up on your desktop or there's going to be some kind of like, um, like these little tools that will help you do these edits or do color balance or some little aspect of the edit. And then you bring it back in or it's a plug in to the existing tools. I think that's going to be with us for a long time. But to actually just go in and through generative AI say, hey, I need a 30 second clip of you know a multi shot food. Let's make a recipe kind of a <laughs> shot and have it all cohesive as a as storytelling like really good storytelling i think it's going to be a while a ways out now i have seen where you can import a script in certain um online ai applications and they give you all kinds of random clips that are in uh like b-roll it just doesn't work i mean it kind of works but you know, you and I understand what it takes to make a really, really good cohesive video uh, with shot sequences and that whole storytelling. I mean, the story's there, but it falls flat. And so I think we, in regards to video, there is, there is a long runway here. <laughs> like, I don't think our jobs are going to go away. I think they're going to be amplified for a long time. Um, but maybe we need, you need to check back in with me in five years and see where we're at. Well, you can count on that, but yeah. I, and I, I would just add to that. I think, Josh, that you're you're probably right, but I think what we'll see is that speeding up of the 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 tasks, right? Like you mentioned, color balancing. That's something that there will be tool that will help you do those those individual tasks, right? Like make make it faster, make it easier, make it better, but maybe not replace the whole sequence. At least for now, I mean, ten, right. twenty, thirty years, who knows? Because I mean. You look at just the, how computing power has changed and all those things. Obviously, there's a huge amount of opportunity and growth and a lot of energy being put into it. But I think the the first step is like, make us faster, get us better, get past the blank page, get past the kind of the, what am I going to yeah. show to illustrate what I want to see? Um, and I think that will be, that'll be, it's exciting. It's exciting to see where we're, we're headed here. There, there's going to be a lot of magic. And I remember, you know, every, because I've been doing this for a long time, it it is so much fun to, and I've been, I was waiting for it, Matt. I was like, I need something exciting. Like there was like four or five years where it was just like, uh, is this it? Is, is there going to be nothing else? And I can remember like you see things like Adobe Photoshop content aware fill. And you're like, oh my gosh, that is magic. How is it doing that? And the, we're in a wonderful time because there are going to be, you know, weeks where you're like, you're having that conversation in your head like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what it's doing. That's going to save me X amount of time or it's going to up my creativity. Um, and when I think about it in that aspect, that's where the fear subsides. I, I think we are going to get into this period of immense amount of creativity, immense amount of production. And because of that and because of the numerous cycles that you can put out there as far as content, it's just going to benefit our viewers and our audience in the long run. Yeah. Well, Josh, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, 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 probably one of, I think probably we'll have to do this again in six months to a year and, and really right. dig in along with right. maybe some other AI conversations that will come up. But I do want to make sure that we spend some time, you know, we'll have a little bit lighter, harder, lighted heart uh, conversation. So Josh, sure. let's go into our, our speed round. Okay. All right. If you're new to the podcast, speed round is uh, quick questions with quick answers. Josh, no need to make them one word answers. Uh, Mark Lassoff did that one time to me and it was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with one word answers. 
So but we do this in a very fun way because we are nerds here on the Visual Lounge, and I'm going to roll a 12-sided die, the least used die in Dungeons & Dragons, for anyone who's paying attention. I love it. Yeah. And so here we go. The first roll is an eight. So let's go ahead and bring up that nice little eight graphic there because, you know, that's what we do here. Rolling for initiative. That's right, Josh. So if you had, a, it's, this is fun. I, I almost thought we should do this. We I almost thought we should bring up an AI and ask it the question on your, put it in your voice, but we won't have time for that. But so this one, this one's going to be really, would have been perfect for it. If you had to pick an image that represents you, what would it be? You can pick any image to represent you. What would you pick? Uh, there, I had, so there's this image of my sister and I, um, when we were kids and we're just sitting on the front porch of, I believe my grandmother's house. And I was probably four and she was three and I was just hugging on her. And we were just hanging out and it, we had like such joy in our faces. And I think that that would, that like best represents me because I think my whole entire career, I've always cared for people. Um, and I think that's the reason why I enjoy doing education because it's more than just like a knowledge transfer or transactional kind of thing is I've always had um, a deep care and commitment towards people and making sure that they grow. And I am just blessed that there are avenues like this where I could go ahead and, and share ideas. Um, but yeah, that is that is the image that come that immediately popped in my head. Well, I, I love that because I thought you were going to say like a panda with like fiery wings, a great. No, 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 no. <laughs> no it's, it's awesome. So, OK, yeah. well, Josh, here we go. We're going to bring up the dice cam again. Get rid of the eight. Let's roll again. Number 11. All right. OK. Uh, this one's a little bit more practical. So we get a little bit more practical. What's one resource that you think everyone should know about? Something that you feel like, gosh, it's just so valuable out there. Could be related to AI, could be something else. Where, what would you point people to? Yeah, there is one website that I have been looking at and it's called futuretools.io. And it keeps track of all of the AI tools that are coming on the marketplace and you're able to sort through by function like video or audio uh, or any other type of uh, media production. And that has helped me out tremendously in like maintaining the, you know, the keeping the noise down and being able to kind of sort through and pick out like what would be a good tool to evaluate. So it's futuretools.io. Awesome. Love it. So let's, uh, let's do one more question here, Josh. The dice are rolling. Ooh, that's a, a, a nine. You can tell because the line uh, is underneath. The line right? under it, right? Right. Got it. Got it. Take me way back. That's right. So, uh, okay, we we obviously had a, a lot of things we talked about. There's a lot of things that we could talk about, but what's one question you wish I would have asked you? Um, well, since we're AI and video, um, maybe some of the other tools that are out there in regards to audio or some of the other aspects of production. It's such a deep topic that you really could have asked me all kinds of different questions about audio or um, even within video editing tools. So um, yeah, maybe the audio one that would have been fun to explore. Okay. So Josh, because you brought it up, let's uh, high level thousand foot, 10,000 foot view, right? Like what would you have explored with us in that audio? Because audio is, I mean, we we know, yeah. right? Audio is such a critical piece. Like what kind of things would we, should we be looking for 
from an AI perspective to do with our audio? Because I mean, it's I, right. I know some things, but I'm I'm curious what you're going to say. So you know what's fascinating is that text to audio has been around for quite some time. And one of the issues is that just sounds robotic and it's always sound robotic, except for this year. <laughs> so, you know, again, it's another one of those things like, oh my gosh, it's magic. And there, there's one particular platform, I'm just going to mention it just because I use it, it's called 11 Labs. And that particular platform is really good at enunciation and pausing and very human-like. 90, 95% is extremely good. As a matter of fact, the character that I use up on my U YouTube channel, uh, Chad GPT, he <laughs> uses exclusively a voice from uh, 11 Labs. And it's really funny because it sounds like if you're familiar with, um, uh, oh my gosh, and I'm blanking out here, the Christmas movie where... It's the train and... Oh, Polar Express. Polar Express, yes. So you know the... Thank you so much. You know the the one uh, character in Polar Express is the uh, really pain in the behind character, yes. right? That voice, kind of annoying. Well, Eleven Labs actually has a voice like that that's kind of sarcastic and it's perfect. So when I write my chat GPT scripts, it's a very sarcastic, witty uh, script and it goes along awesome with that particular AI voice and just flows right into the production. So kind of cool. Awesome. Well, I love it. And yeah, there's definitely, a, there's, I've noticed there's a ways to go. Uh, so I've not seen that particular tool set, but uh, it'll be exciting to see what happens, uh, you know, and I, I think as we talked before recording, obviously getting better, they're getting better at cloning our own voices and things like that, which scary yeah. that there's some real world scary implications, but also yeah. some really cool things. Cause I'm then, training, I'm currently training my voice currently. So awesome. Who knows? You never know when it may show up. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll use yeah. that. I'll, I'll, I'll borrow your AI voice to do some voiceover. Yeah, for the show. Perfect. Wow. Can knock <laughs> these out. <laughs> so, so, so Josh, I appreciate you being on the show. Of course, uh, as always, we like to uh, allow people that, you know, where if people want to learn more about AI, I know you're doing some stuff teaching people about this. Where should they look and where should they find your stuff? Sure. I mean, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can just do youtube.com forward slash at Josh Cav or just check out my website, joshcavalier.com. Those are the two, uh, two good places to check out. Awesome. And I, I do know because I follow you on LinkedIn, you are often posting some great content there. Great thinking things to get people thinking about AI, which I would encourage people to go follow Josh there as well. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Well, Josh, we like to make sure we wrap up kind of with just a summary of what we talked about. So Josh Cavalier, what is your final take? Yep. My final take is get out there and just like video hitting the record button, start using generative AI. It will uh, have an impact in what you do day in and day out, um, but don't be afraid. Just jump on in and amplify your superpower. Figure out what you're really, really good at and then how you can augment with AI. Perfect. Well, Josh, as always, it is a pleasure to talk with you and learn from you. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. All right. Well, this is a human-produced show, so we're not AI yet, but we, we will get there. So because we're human, you know, we like it like when you like us. If you'd go out and like and subscribe on the YouTube channel or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, that helps us. It helps the show get found and we want others to, to hear about these great things. If you're getting value about it, 
let us know. You can always email us at thevisuallounge at techsmith.com or tag TechSmith on one of the social channels. We'll be sure to see it, see it and we can respond there. And oh, we'd love to hear thoughts, suggestions, guest ideas, topic ideas, all that good stuff. And, you know, as Josh talked about, there's that, you know, this idea, sometimes you got to hit the hit the record button. You got to hit, make your first video. You got to put in your first prompt for whatever AI tool you're using, whatever it is might be. We hope you take a little time to level up every single day. Thanks, everybody.